Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome back. It's good to see everyone here again on a nice rainy Sabbath day. I'd like to start out like we did last week, and if you weren't here after uh, we pray, uh, I'll kind of give you guys a little review of what we did last week and how we did this. So, just to start off with, let's just go ahead and go to God in prayer. Eternal Father, we just come before you, just thanking you so very much, Father, for the many blessings that you have given us, Father, for this Sabbath day, this wonderful time that we could come together and fellowship with each other and, and with you, Father, as we are looking forward to the journey that we are on right now, specifically the journey to Pentecost. Father, as we open up this Bible study, we just pray that your spirit would be here, that you would enlighten our minds, help us to learn from each other, uh, help us to understand the importance of the topic that we are going to discuss, and more importantly, help us to understand the way in which you would like us to see this topic, uh, this important part of the Christian journey, hope. So we ask all of these things in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Well, here we are on week two to the path to Pentecost. Uh, today we are going to be starting on our second uh, Bible study. I know everybody did their homework uh, that we passed out last week, so I know that we're all ready. Uh, but if you were not here last Sabbath, uh, we started this new thing, this Bible study. We do have a a precedent for this. We did this uh, uh, many years ago, and we're kind of reviving this uh, in this little six-week period that we have between, well, we started a week later, but we have seven weeks between Pass Passover and Pentecost, but we started a week later, and we're doing a six-week study on the path to Pentecost, and we're looking at different topics, and last week we opened up with the topic of faith, uh, that important topic of faith, and in particular, we're looking at these topics uh, at the backdrop of looking at it through the eyes of both the children of Israel coming out of Egypt as well as the apostles uh, right after Jesus' resurrection. And so last week we looked at the subject of faith. And we had a lot of good discussion. And uh, just to kind of review some of the, 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 the norms, I guess you would call them, uh, that we established last week. We do have individuals around with microphones. So if you would like to uh, contribute and say something... Uh, you can raise your hand, and we will have someone come with a microphone. We do ask that uh, everybody uh, try to be courteous. Uh, try to limit your, the amount of time that you speak in, in one time, in one question, uh, just because uh, if you were here last week, you saw we got through about maybe two pages of the Bible study uh, that we had planned, which is totally fine. We came to the realization that we're probably not going to be able to cover every single thing, and if I, if my mic is kind of, not me, okay, somebody else, okay, I just wanted to make sure, uh, but if we don't get to everything, that is totally okay, uh, we realized last week that uh, it's, it's probably not going to happen, uh, because we have so many people and so many different ideas that we're, we're discussing, uh, so to start off this week, I gave you guys a question, and I'll be frank and honest with you. This was a little bit of a struggle for me. For me. Uh, 
looking at the concept of hope, I mean, let's just think about that. I mean, it's, for, for me, I realize this is a concept that I've kind of taken for granted. I've just kind of used this term. I've known this term. But I've never really stopped and thought about what does this mean? What does this term mean? How does it relate to faith that we just talked about last week? And so one of the things that I wanted us to do in the first question, I want to kind of just give you guys the opportunity to just tell me what you came up with. When you think of the word hope, what is something that comes to mind for you? Mr. Gregory? Okay, something wanted or expected. Okay, so there's an anticipation. Ken? Looking forward to better things happening. Okay, looking forward to better things happening. Reggie? Uh, being strongly persuaded that something usually positive will happen. Nice. Larry? Got to be on our toes today, guys. Uh, to me, um, hope, hope is something that you, you, something you look forward to or something that you hope to be. Okay. We're, we're supposed to give our, it's, it's supposed to be a personal matter in some of these responses, aren't they? How we feel about a, a specific matter. A specific absolutely, matter. absolutely. We're, we're so wanting to learn how, from your perspective on these questions, uh, how you see them. and Because all of us are going to see things a little bit differently. We got one more right here. It's okay. My promise is kept, or promises to be kept. Okay. So I'm hearing a lot of the same things in different ways. Uh, David, did you have something? Okay. I look at it um, similarly. Uh, the, the way it's put in our scriptures is expectation or ex ex to expect and it's a high degree of certainty involving uh, preparing or envisioning for something that's coming okay. good good and so what I'm hearing is is that what's being said when we think of the word hope there's a futuristic aspect to it it's something that it's not something that we've obtained yet it's not something that's in the present but it's something that we're looking forward to to in the future. So I want to go on to this next question. I kind of highlighted different questions that I wanted to, uh, wanted to cover today. Uh, but in, in looking at the scriptures, uh, the interesting part about the way the scriptures talk about hope is it is almost completely opposite to the way in which we use it today in our normal everyday culture. I mean, we we, we probably use this word, and, you know, in our minds we think of it, and we probably hear people say, you know, I hope I get a, a better job someday, or I hope that I, I make it to work, or I hope that I find a spouse, or I hope that, you know, I, I can get a bigger house at some point. But with all of those ways, we don't completely know for sure that those things are going to take place. There's a, there's a little bit of an element of, you know, doubt that's mixed into it. But with the way that the Bible teaches us about hope, it's exactly the opposite. And if you read your, your homework, we kind of looked at some of the Greek words and we looked at some of the examples in the scriptures. Because in our everyday culture, we see that hope is about, you know, hoping for something but not being sure. But in the scriptures, it's the exact opposite. It is a confident and sure expectation that something is going to take place. 
And so with this, because I think this is really important, and one of the questions we had was we asked, did, it find, did you find it difficult to distinguish between these two concepts? Going back to last week, the concept of faith and the concept of hope. If you were with a friend, for example, how would you explain the differences between these two concepts, faith and hope? And so I'm going to leave it up for anybody that might want to share their thoughts on that. Mr. Gregory? Good. Absolutely. I think hope is more specific. You're hoping for something specific, where faith is a broader concept. We got one right here in the front. Faith is when you um, believe in something that's not uh, necessarily guaranteed. It's just you know, putting yourself out there and hope there's more of a promise of things to come. Ron? So I'm, I'm seeing that uh, hope is that surety that we will be in the kingdom. God is preparing a place for us. We're going to be there and we can stake our lives on it that that's going to happen. And then faith is the the things that God is going to bring about in your life on the way to ensure that that happens. Good. Anybody else? Art? Uh, yeah, I was just going to uh, tag on to what Ron just said. Faith is the confidence in the hope. Anybody else want to chime in on this one? Ben? I believe that uh, the faith aspect is something you live every day versus the hope is what you look forward to in the future. Good. I have a lot of the same things written down to what you just said. I mean, not the exact same words, but conceptually the same thing. Mr. Hope? Yeah, I hadn't really prepared to talk about that particular one, but, uh, you know, I think there's two kinds of hope that you'd mentioned a while ago. Uh, and give you an example of a week or so ago, the school teachers had a walk out, and they had a hope of getting a raise, getting more money for the school and all that. They didn't necessarily have the faith that they would get that, but they, they, they had enough desire to go ahead and, and do that. We, most of us in the church here, have a hope, and our hope is, I think, more based on faith than anything, but our hope uh, that lies within us is to be a part of the kingdom of God, you know, God's government leading, uh, God's government and that we're a part of, and beautiful, wonderful things will be happening. Uh, we're, I'm convinced, and most of us are convinced, that that's going to be there. That is my hope, my long-range hope, and I think most of our long-range hope. Good. Very well. Anybody else? It, it's, it's, a, it's a concept for me that was difficult, personally, because I had never thought of it in, this, in the way that we are considering it right now. 
And so, you know, faith, as we talked about last week, and kind of what Ben alluded to, faith is something that's kind of like a, a present, constant reality right now. We have faith that Jesus died, he lived and he died, and that he rose again. And because of that, we have been cleansed of our sins. And of course, we know that we have to continue on. We don't just, you know, it's not just a one-time thing, and, and, and we're saved and we're good. But we have faith that the realities that's talked about in the scriptures are something that's ever-present with us, that we have been cleansed of our sins and that God is working in us presently right now. And based on that faith, and kind of going back to what David said, we see that based on that faith, it projects us into the future. It projects, you know, based upon these things that have happened to us. It's a, it's, a, it's a reality in the present right now and the things that have happened to us in the past. Based upon that and built upon the foundation of that present and past faith that's been demonstrated to us, we can project to the future that, hey, the things that we have seen happen in our lives today and yesterday, we know because of that, on the foundation of that, we can have hope in the future that God's going to continue uh, to press forward and, and continue the work that he has set out to do in us as individuals as well as his overall plan. And so without faith, and that's why we did faith first, and of course, you know, faith, hope, and love, it kind of, the Bible kind of presents this to us in an easy way. Without faith, we can't have hope because it's our faith right now building up, or it's, it's, it's the faith that we have right now that helps us build that hope as we project to the future. Okay? So I want to kind of go on here, and we looked at a passage in the book of Hebrews that talks about having the full assurance of hope. Verse 11 of Hebrews, the sixth chapter, says, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. And so the question I had for you guys on this one was based on the next few, or not in the next few, but based upon this passage, how do we have a full assurance of hope? What is it in our lives? What is it that has happened that has given us the ability to have, you know, biblical hope? Not worldly hope, kind of like what David was alluding to, like hope where we hope for, but we're not sure, but biblical hope. And I just... You know, all of our answers might be different on this, but I wanted to kind of ask you that question, see what you came up with on that. Fran? Having confidence that God's word is true, uh, and our hope is knowing the promises made in God's word will come about. That's what our hope is. But we know that God... He promises things in the Bible, and if we have faith that God exists and that we believe his word, then our hope is all the things that he promises will happen. Absolutely. Reggie? In a single word, it's precedence. In other words, with built, built upon history. Our, hit, our hope relies upon the history that God has done in the past and the consistency that he has shown throughout the scriptures. else on that question? Art? I was just, I was just thinking that uh, when you first are called, God becomes very significant in your life. And 
other things in your life don't matter as much. And that, I don't know, you, you learn about him. Uh, I remember being a kid, talking with other kids, and I said, well, I believe there's a God, but I don't know him. Well, subsequent to that, I got to know him. And as part of our calling, we get to know him better, and that becomes significant to us and helps build our hope then and builds a foundation for that hope. Absolutely. David? Uh, we were discussing this last night with family, and Domini came up with a great uh, um, verse or, or memory about Yahweh does not lie. And as Fran said, it was the same thing. We discussed the, the different promises, the messianic promises, all the different uh, prophetic prophecies that come true. And, and I just have written down here, uh, repeat 2,000 times. Uh, Promise after promise after promise after promise. That's, that's, our, that's our faith and belief and, and expectation for the future. All these promises that we can rely on. Absolutely. And kind of going on that idea of promises, you know, we look at the scriptures that the basis of our hope in God, our faith in God, is God's faithfulness. You know, his faithfulness is the basis of where we, we, we know what he says is going to come pass, that he can't go against his own word, that he can't lie. I mean, you know, Abraham, when he entered that covenant with Abraham, he, he could swear by no one greater than himself, you know, uh, because he is the ultimate faithful God uh, that there is. Okay? Uh, so let's, let's, let's move on here, and I want to look at this passage, and this kind of goes again, again to this faithfulness of God, and how that's like the backdrop of having our hope in God. And it's in Hebrews, not Hebrews, but Romans, Paul talks about Abraham. Uh, and specifically, he says that Abraham hoped against hope. He hoped against hope. And let's just put our, let's put our, ourselves in Abraham's shoes. You know, Abraham's always been the example of the great faith of Abraham. Uh, the things that he went through, the promises that God gave him. How did Abraham hope against hope? Carolyn. Well, God promised that he would be a father of many nations, and he was very old, his wife was very old, but he never quit believing that God would answer that prayer. So he never gave up that hope. Absolutely. Very, it's a very interesting way that he puts that. Brian, I think Larry has a comment here. Um, I feel that, um, well, I know that Abraham had a very close relationship with God. He, and having that close relationship, to me, makes uh, really all the difference in the world. Because he... Well, God called him, what, to be his friend, and, well, he, and he had a specific purpose for Abraham to be doing so. Having that close fellowship with him and having this, to me, this made all the difference in the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Reggie? Uh, all logical reason, human reason, for believing that he could have children was gone. So both he and Sarah were well past uh, child-rearing, child age. He was 99, Sarah was 90 at the time, yet he believed God's passages anyway and kept with 
Absolutely. The rational way to respond to being told at this old of age and your wife being almost that old as well would be to, that's not possible. I can't put hope in that. That's not, that's not rational. Uh, and in this instance, we see that Abraham, because of his faith in God, when God told him this, he hoped, he had hope for it because going back to God's faithfulness and going to what Larry said, that relationship he had with God, uh, he knew that God can't lie. He knew that God was faithful to bring about. And we know that sometimes we can read in the stories of Abraham. He might have got mixed up a little bit a few times. He might have thought he was helping out God. And maybe he didn't fully understand the extent of what God, uh, how he was going to bring these things to pass. Uh, but nevertheless, he did have hope. Did we have another question? Or do we have another a comment on that? Okay. So I want to move on to the next question. And this kind of goes into the idea of our hope as Christians. You know, we can have biblical hope in the promises that God has given us. We all know that. We all have just discussed this. We don't know what's going to happen in our lives physically. We don't know what's ahead of us uh, health-wise. We don't know what's ahead of us uh, financially. We don't know what's ahead of us in any, all those different, you know, physical aspects of our lives. But we do know that we can have a biblical hope, a confident, you know, sure expectation in the promises that God has given us. Okay? So the next question I have is, can you think of certain trials or hardships or difficulties that you have experienced in this life? How was your hope in God an anchor for you? In the death of my son, Neil, uh, when he died, the knowledge that I knew that I will see him again, and he still has a future, that kept me sane and kept me grounded. Which kind of, I like that, it goes back to that idea of anchor, you know, the anchor of our soul, you know, something that keeps us stable, something that keeps us, you know, fixed in one place and not just radically all over the place. Uh, despite the uncertainties that this world brings. Anybody else want to share on that, on maybe some hardship? Did you say that? You wrote something down? <laughs> Larry. Uh, we'll go to Larry and then Lucille. Um, I feel personally, in this matter of how you can handle a particular matter, really, uh, to me, is dependent upon my relationship with him, my closeness to him, because there's times in our lives that we get away from God. We might as well face the truth. But it seems like whenever we're close to him and our focus is on him and we're bent to be, to be doing his will, that he can even bring things to mind that he's shown us that will give us comfort in that particular situation or that problem. Well, as you all know, I've spent a lot of hours in the waiting rooms. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, it's amazing at the hopelessness that you see on people's faces. And I was so thankful that I had hope in my salvation. And one day I told <laughs> David Hope, I said, you know, David, you need to give a sermon on hope. I said, look at all these people that 
in here. And we were, you know, when Mike was in the hospital for so long. And uh, you could just see the despair and the hopelessness on their faces. And it was heartbreaking. But I was glad I had this hope, you know. Absolutely. I um, apologize if I go a little longer. I'm going to try not to. But no, 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 no. <laughs> Absolutely. Go ahead. But I don't know. Some of you know we were in Africa for a while, and um, we made a huge family decision to move to Africa and try to increase uh, some sustenance with uh, the um, adoption agencies we'd worked with. And um, basically cashed out everything, sold the house, did everything, 401k, all, you name it. So we we all in into Africa, and... And uh, it's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's an incredible land, and, and we just had a great time out there uh, ministering and, and working with the children and, and doing different things. Um, but there was a time where, well, obviously, we decided and, and had a hard decision to, to return to America. We weren't planning on, on returning. We were planning on staying there indefinitely. And so all of that, and it was very, very, very challenging, but we had expectation in what we believed in and what we we're going to come back to. I mean, we didn't know. We have zero. So um, that was that was a big challenge. Uh, Desiree, Noah, several, I think David and others of our children had bouts of malaria. Noah almost died. And we didn't, we kept our thing on. That was not an issue. Um, but it finally came to where uh, the violence became a little bit too much. And, and, and our hope for what we planned on doing was not going to probably end well uh, for our family. So we decided to come back. And um, I just thought that was... Uh, you know, a challenging time, but I had faith and never doubted that we would not be able to overcome that situation and, and, and prosper um, because we have that belief in what's lying ahead and, and that uh, expectation of it. So I think that was something that I'm not sure you can ask the children. I don't know if they ever saw it in me, but I never never faltered and kept kept going and, and had that expectation. So I think it, w it turned out well, knowing that we have uh, Yahweh on our side and, and he's given us everything we needed more. Thank you. Yeah. And just to reiterate kind of what David was saying on sharing with the microphone, feel absolutely free to comment on every question. There's no limit on the amount of questions you can comment on or anything like that. Uh, we were just want to make sure that like we, we have, an everyone has an opportunity if for each question. Yes, and Matt. I, I would say also that <clears throat> looking over the shoulders, I know there's some young people that have filled in the Bible study too, so and encourage them to uh, contribute. Mr. Gregory. <laughs> well, you have to ask them that one. I think you're getting okay. a response. I don't know that I heard the whole question with one hearing aid in, but... Uh, I had a hope as a, as a young man, you know, a young teenager, mid-teenager, I had a hope of, uh, of uh, being married and having a family. And that was my long-range plan, besides going to heaven sometime. But, you know, living the lifestyle I was living, I didn't think that was going to happen. But anyway, <laughs> but my, my uh, long-term hope at that time was, was to get married, and I knew things would turn out right. But uh, now I do have uh, a great wife, six kids, uh, 16 grandchildren, and I don't know how many great-grandchildren. So that part has been fulfilled, 
but I still have the overall hope of the kingdom of God and, and like a lot of you in here I would love for all of my children to be a part of that and to understand the, the richness that God has even in the trials and the problems that you have right now and uh, I'm not going to uh, belabor this very much but uh, just like um, what my wife said about the, the sudden death of our son you know the murder uh, that was a big 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 uh, trial for me uh, personally to depend on God and fortunately you know that stage of the grief didn't last long but you know the faith in God that he had shown us in the years past and, and in the years and other people's lives in the years past to prove that God is there and the Bible is his word and we just have to take things on faith and I didn't understand and I blame God <laughs> but anyway I don't want to deal with that anymore but uh, you know God is great in, in the midst of all of our trials and our problems and, and we just have to stay close to God and sometimes we need to even fast over the thing absolutely thank you kind of going on that question it's interesting talking about hardships and a lot of us mentioned uh, death of loved ones and how you know that that is one of the most difficult uh, things that we're going to go through in this life suffering and a death of, of course of ourselves but more more importantly than that most of us you know our loved ones you know watching them um, watching them suffer and losing them and there's an interesting example and we all know it really well in First uh, Thessalonians four, verse thirteen through fourteen, where the church, these individuals at the church at Thessalonica, uh, you know, were told, you know, don't be, you know, I don't want you to be ignorant, you know, and, and mourn and, and and you know, be sad as like those who have no hope, and kind of what going what Lou still said, you know, being in waiting rooms, you know, the despair that people have, and thinking about, you know going through this life without this hope, you know, uh, kind of going back to Passover and what we just talked about a few weeks ago as we were on this journey to, to, to Pentecost. I mean, the ultimate, the ultimate goal of this, of this life is been set for us, although we have to follow after, and that is to overcome the ultimate enemy, which is not Satan, but it's death. You know, death is the ultimate enemy, it is the separator of us and our loved ones, of us and life, and of us and God. And so there's an interesting that we have even in the Bible, uh, an example of people that were believers who were mourning as those who had no hope. And so kind of getting back to that idea of an anchor of the soul, we have to realize the promises that God has made us. And uh, we, have to, we have to come to a point where we desire life in the kingdom more than life here and that's hard to do no one in here I think would probably in their true heart ever would admit or ever would uh, tell you that you know this stuff's easy because it's not we still have you know, the physical things that we have to go through and it's still hard even though we have hope doesn't mean that it takes away all the the, the, the hard part away uh, not at all. So I want to go on here. Uh, I think I want to skip down. I want to 
I want to go on to the idea of how hope changes us. You know, we, we know what we have hope in. We know that we have hope in the kingdom of God. We have hope in, 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 in the promises that God has given us. I want us to think back that first time we believe, that time period in our life that all of us can probably remember. It's, it's very much like you know, falling in love because that's what it is. It's, it, we, you know, we, we are entering into that contract with God. And, of course, it's the most important covenant that we will ever uh, enter into. And I want us to think about the ideas of how hope changes us in many different ways. The way we think about life, the way we think about our life, the things that we do, the, the, time, uh, the, 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 the way we spend our time, the way that we uh, value certain things. And I want us to ask this question. Because if we look at Philippians, the third chapter, I'm just going to read it, verse 17 through 21. It says, brethren, this is Paul speaking, join in following my example and note those who... Uh, note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame who set their mind on earthly things for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. And we have a question that comes right after this passage in your study packet. Can you think of ways in which maybe you had set your minds on earthly things before you believed? I just want to let you share maybe Ken all about you yeah I can relate to that anybody else I have a personal testimony and I've probably mentioned it before uh, before I mean I grew up in church uh, my whole life uh, but that doesn't mean anything uh, I didn't really know the Bible very well I knew some snippets here and there. I didn't have a personal faith, meaning I didn't have a genuine faith that drove me to obedience to God, to accept Him as my Lord and Savior. Uh, and whenever I was in high school, one of the biggest things that was a part of my life was playing sports, and in particular, playing football. And uh, whenever I uh, was a senior in high school, I tore up my knee. I, I had a significant injury, an ACL injury, uh, which didn't end my football career, but it, it, it made me think about maybe going and playing college football, which was what I had planned to do. And so I graduated high school, and the summer came. And of course, when you graduate high school uh, and you're a kid, uh, it's not that, I mean, it's a big deal. To, you know, it's, it's a big feat. Uh, it's a big a part of your life. But, you know, when you go to school, you have that, like, two-month period in June and July every year. So it doesn't really hit you immediately that your life is a lot different now, that you're not going to be going back and doing the things that you were. Uh, and so being the person I was that had put so much into uh, that sport, I mean, it was, it was my passion, it was my life, uh, come around about August of that year, it, it really started to hit me. Man, I don't really have, like, look what I've really invested myself into for so much of my life. And it's gone. Now, what am I going to do now? And, of course, I went to college, and, and I tried to basically start replacing it with different things, you know. I tried to, you know, get into bodybuilding and get into maybe other things. But I had this, like, 
this emptiness that I never had felt in my life because I thought my life was great. It was about me and about my aspirations and about my dreams. But looking back on that, I put my faith in temporal things. And nothing against sports, nothing, I mean, I still love uh, having hobbies and things like that, but that was all my life was. In my mind, it was such a small little tunnel of what I looked forward to, and, and, and that, that's gone. And that's, that's the case with so many different things in our life. I mean, those things that we put our minds on, those temporal things, you know, they're going to be gone some point. Uh, they're not everlasting. And so that's what kind of brought me personally uh, to get baptized uh, and later in the spring of that year when I found uh, this love and passion through many different uh, things that I'm not going to get into here, what kind of led me to that. That was kind of my, that's kind of my personal testimony on what I set my mind on, uh, earthly things I set my mind on. The next question is, in what ways does the world promote this earthly focus, whether it be in safety, wisdom, or wealth? We we, we could probably very easily think of a commercial right now, think of a, a, a motto that a lot of this world lives on. You know, it's about getting ours and getting it as quick as we can and, and personal gratification. Uh, it's about, you know, putting our safety or our uh, future in the hands of things, uh, whether it be financial security, whether it be physical security, whether it be, you know, whatever you might want to guess. Uh, the world promotes a worldly focus. So I want to kind of go on from that. I have a question down below that that question of what ways does the world promote this earthly focus. This next question says, have you ever as a believer experienced this? Okay. Uh, and what this is talking about is experience this unfortunate, even though we are in this Christian life and we talked about it last week, that we have become followers of Jesus, much like the Israelites. We still have that wilderness person in us. We're still struggling with that old man or woman that died in Christ. And so the question is, have we ever experienced in this Christian faith where we've went through periods where our heavenly focus has shifted back to maybe storing up treasures on this earth? I'm going to leave that open. I just wrote all of the worldly focus is on self if we're not careful we can stray realizing who our father is and heeding his spirit will bring us back yes and I want to point out the second part of that question and have your experiences that is getting our focus back on storing up treasures on earth the second part of that question is how do you think understanding our true identity can help to get us back on the right track. Kind of what Ken alluded to. Realizing what our true identity is. Well, going back, going back to the previous question. Because <laughs> I had my nope. hand up on that one. Oh, you did? I'm sorry. I apologize. That's all right. Uh, uh, we experience that every day. Because uh, everything you see on TV or you hear on the radio caters to vanity. Okay? And so... <laughs> Uh, what we have to learn to do is put every thought into subjection to Jesus Christ. And one thing I've come to realize is as I get older, maybe because as I'm getting closer to dying, I don't know, but 
the time from when I have a thought of something evil or whatever to when I repent of it is shortening to where a thought comes into my mind, put it into subjection now. Larry? Um, I'll go along with what was brought up a while ago. We, we originally, before conversion, um, we, were, we were living the self-centered life. But whenever conversion comes, that you're, we go 180 degrees the other, other direction and live the God, and our lives become God-centered, trying to please him, not ourselves. Um, on this, on this other question, what we were talking about dealing with the pulls and the cares that pull against us in this world, do we, do we have to battle? Are we in that battle? I think that we truly are. I know I am in my life. It's uh, though we're, we're in the battle with our own carnality as, as well as with uh, Satan, but we have the world to, that pulls and tugs against us to be famous or have the wealth and the various other pulls that pull against various pull against us as individuals in the various different ways absolutely and the fact that uh, which is written here in your packet the fact that the so many of the epistles specifically Paul and the other New Testament writers uh, have to kind of remind us of this over and over and over again uh, really demonstrates that this is a this is going to be an ever-present temptation in our life all right, so we're kind of running out of time. We have about four minutes left, something like that. So I want to kind of move on. I want to move on to the section about keeping our hope. And I want to kind of just ask us a question. What has helped strengthen your hope in this Christian journey? How does the Holy Spirit give you peace and joy in an unwavering this is kind of a personal testimony here that we can kind of maybe comment on. I've got one, Curtis, um, just to get it started. Um, I think ever since converting and attaining the Holy Spirit, it helps, it can help overcome and battle all the negatives we face daily. And there are plenty of them out there. And my job, I I deal with that, whether it be on the road or with customers or with other things that pop up. The Holy Spirit can just strengthen you and give you that that uh, comfort, that you know, will to to go on and be better and better yourself, and you know, try and shine your light and do the best you can. Owen, I just wanted to add on to what my dad said. I think it gives you, even though I'm not baptized, I still think it gives you the confidence to fight through things um, differently. Gives you the battle fight. The people like uh, atheists arguing, saying, oh, God's not real. Well, you got the confidence because you're baptized. So that's what I just want to say. Thank you, Owen. Did you have one, David? And Mr. Gregory, after I don't know if I totally understood your question, but uh, uh, it seemed like to me you were asking if uh, uh, something, 
can, can you repeat that just real quickly? Yeah, what has helped strengthen your hope in this Christian journey? And uh, obviously, I'm not looking for one particular answer. Okay. I mean, all of us are different, so. Okay, one thing that helped strengthen me lately, and I think I'm maybe totally out of context, but uh, as I'm getting older now, and, you know, I'm, I don't like the word elderly because people older than me are elderly, but uh, <laughs> uh, as I see now, my youth dissipated a great deal. You know, my health is going down the line. As I've seen so many others, my father and others. I know I can't do what I used to do, and, and I don't know how many more years I will. But, and I see people like Fred and Shirley Gill and some of the others, you know, that are, are almost bedfast. You know, they can't even get up. It's a struggle to go to the bathroom, you know. But I have the hope now of having a brand new body someday. And I hope this is not just a spiritual tranquilizer, but, you know, I, I, I do have the hope now that one of these days having a bright, shining spiritual body so that's that regenerates me and makes me want to stay on track you know not do like some of the uh, people in the bible when they got older they they got away from god i don't want to be that way thank you mr gregory okay, uh, i think uh i think the uh, attendance in the tulsa church of god with others of like mind has been a great help and uh, I know that if they can do it, I can. So that's how uh, we, uh, I guess, join in with each other uh, together in this battle. Absolutely. Ben? Yeah, it was similar to what Mr. Gregory said. I think there is strength in numbers. And also, when you have kids in your life, having inspiration of people around you helps you to Thank you, Ben. Larry? Um, um, my understanding of the Holy Spirit has a lot of different functions. Uh, what it, God is, through His Spirit, what can give us understanding of the particular matter He wants you to understand. I feel He, he'll, he can give you that when He wants you to understand that. Um, I think it, um, He can give you physical strength because He says that He gives strength to his people there's several places that verifies this uh, and what did Christ say that whenever he he left that he wouldn't left, leave us comfortless nobody said that he would give us a helper isn't, and isn't the Holy Spirit what he's talking about I feel that it is I think for me, uh, it's just year after year having the experiences. And one of the things that I did for years, I've kind of been slagging off on it the last year, year and a half, is having a, a, a diary, a, a ledger, of a prayer log, and being able to look back on that and review it. And it seems like every year that goes on, it, it, the more you, you experience this life and follow this way and have friends in the church, which is really important, um, you build more faith, you build more hope, and you get to be 70 years old or whatever, I feel like I have more hope, faith, and confidence now, and less rattled by anything that strikes me now than year, 20 years ago, I would have been, you know, oh, sweating bullets and things like that, and now I'm uh, much more confident and not so worried about it. If, it seems like every year that goes by, you're, 
you're gaining more, learning more, having more faith, having more hope, having more confidence in him. Sure. And that kind of goes on like, you know, your experience and continuing to, to, to see the faithfulness of God. And, and even though he's brought you through maybe things throughout your life that hasn't always been the most comforting, uh, all of that helps build towards looking back, hey, it worked out. Hey, God's still in control and he's still faithful. And so if we don't have anyone else that wants to chime in on this, uh, I'd like to kind of conclude this uh, by just saying uh, that in many ways, if you look at your study packet, this is mentioned in there, uh, looking back at the apostles, we can just think and put ourselves in their shoes and what they went through, learning from Jesus face to face, and then seeing him die. And we know, being humans, uh, they must have probably lost a little hope for a little, a little while. Um, even though Jesus kept telling them, hey, a little while you'll see me and a little while you won't, they're like, what is this that he says to us? They didn't understand it. We know that they, you know, we have the 2020 hindsight. We can kind of see all that happened before us. Uh, but we know that they probably got a little confused. And they probably, in, in human ways, understood the events. And so when Jesus came back, it's interesting what Jesus says to them. They asked him a question, God, or Jesus, is, is now the time that you're going to restore the kingdom? Because they still had that hope. They knew the scriptures. They knew the Hebrew Bible. That ultimately that God's going to restore uh, basically uh, Israel. And we know that's part of uh, the, the prophecy that we believe in. But we also know that it's much more than that. There's going to be a kingdom established on this earth. But Jesus says, you wait. Wait for the promise of the Father. And then at that time, what's he talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit, of course. And we know that it wasn't very many days after that that they received that. But in that period that they saw Jesus, and we don't know how many times they saw him. We don't know if it was every single day consistently, if he, Jesus was in and out. But for 40 days, he showed them himself through many infallible proofs. That's what's told us. But in that 40-day period, it's interesting that they're waiting for that promise. And in many ways, that's the paradigm that we've been given in this Christian life. We're waiting for our promise. You know, that paradigm of seeing the apostles being given a promise until when they actually received it. And we know in, in this case it was the Holy Spirit. That paradigm, that pattern is kind of like the pattern of the Christian journey. We're waiting. We don't have what we hope for or else it would not be hope as Romans tells us. Hope for, you know, why do you hope for something you already have? It's not hope if that's the case. We are hoping for the kingdom of God. But it's not a passive hope. It's an active hope. We still have work to do in this life. We're, 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 we're on this journey, not meant to be here just living our lives, just breathing, just trying to get by every day. But we've been set on a mission. That is to proclaim the kingdom of God as individuals collectively, but also to grow in the nature and stature of Jesus. As Art was saying, as we walk this Christian journey, our hope is supposed to be strengthened. So I hope that you enjoyed this Bible study. I know that we could not get to every different aspect. Uh, next week, we uh, go on to part three, uh, which is all about love. So we have the handouts uh, getting ready to be passed out for next week's study. So that will conclude this Bible study week two.